Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Stephen. And this is In a Barbie World. A podcast where we look at every Barbie movie from 1987 to the present day. From fairy tales to literary classics. From Mariposa to Mamadia. It's time to get unboxed. Readjust your lippy. Rock the ball gown. And let's get our Barbie on. Barbie in A Christmas Carol. <laughs> I don't know what to say. As no idea when this is coming out, but obviously it. Well, ob- I say obviously it's obviously to you and I. It's only just October. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when I watched this last week, I wasn't really ready for carols. But I'm like deep in like horror movie fest. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've had to take a sideline to go and do a Dickens adaptation with um with with Christmas carols. But uh, Barbie stars in her first holiday movie. And, and my DVD is a box set of this and Barbie in a Perfect Christmas. Oh, but, a so Christmas I, special. I, I, the DVD still didn't work and I had to really rent it off oh Google Play. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, I think the... two, I think of that, that set I bought off it, someone was laughing at me because I've now, only two of the movies so far I think have worked. <laughs> Oh, oh God! Oh, and I still get worry. people see the pile of them, and they go, Ooh, "Why have you got Barbie movies?" Yeah. Wow! If you'd like to listen, yeah, head <laughs> <laughs> to Spotify dot com. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so here we are in a Christmas Carol. Like, <sighs> where do we begin? Okay, so we're back to, and we haven't had this for a couple of movies. But we're back to the the structure of Shelley is being a bitch and Barbie needs to tell her a story. Yeah, so I think this is the fourth time. So Stephen has been on his favourite website, Barbie Movies <laughs> Wiki. So this, this is apparently the fourth time we've had the structure with specifically Kelly Shelley. Right. I think it has happened with other people. Um, yes. And I've got some good news and some bad news. Oh, this is the last time we have Shelley Kelly as a as a framing device. As a framing device, no! I'm not saying there aren't other framing devices, but it's I think it's the last time we have Shelley Kelly. Oh. Who? And I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, mate. Yeah. Not liking Christmas isn't a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think yeah, there's the, 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 there's something going on here that I think you know I it's think it's all right. it is of course of course of course it is but when you want to play this to to eight-year-old four-year-old children i think you do have to have a thing it is actually also okay to be non-christian and not like not not necessarily be into a lot of the things that christmas gives you Mm -hmm. however you're right clearly i i do understand that this is just a Christmas story, and indeed, probably the Christmas story from which yes. lots of things Dick what that Dickens writes about in, in is are actually part have become part of our traditions. They weren't Completely. traditions before, and certainly Victoria, you know, Queen. One of the things Queen Victoria and her and Albert absolutely did was introduce a lot of these traditions that we now yeah. take as as normal. As, so, as a given, the Christmas tree, for example. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So, I, I'm okay with it. I thought the I thought the I thought the introduction went on a bit, and I just didn't oh my really... god, it lasts so long. But my first 
this is literally the first thing I wrote under Christmas Carol. And then I've drawn a little Christmas tree as well. This is the first thing I've written. Barbie? Because it's Kelly Sheridan Barbie. Barbie? It is. It is for now. <laughs> but Barbie looks fit as fuck. Like, she looks so hot in this opening. She's got a fabulous dress on. Her hair is done in the most majestic way possible. Her makeup is like nothing I've ever seen before. Like, she looks on fire. Like, she looks so yeah. good. Because she's opening. she's about to go out to a ball, isn't she? She's going to a charity gala to collect money for the hospital because they don't have the NHS in. Although we could probably do with fundraising the NHS here in England. Well, in this in this pseudo, oh no, because they're in America, aren't mm. they? Yes, because so this in is America Barbie. In the this modern day of two thousand eight. Yeah, this does get a bit Inception-y, like the a last time we weird. had a Barbie Christmassy movie uh, with the Nutcracker. Mm. By the way, who also has a cameo appearance on a shelf? <gasps> I, I didn't. I didn't see it, but apparently, yeah, I think it's actually in the in the main story. But, oh. but he does. He he is. He is that. They love doing this. I've been. I um, love that. I love this little wiki thing that people take it so seriously. <laughs> <They're> like, <gasps> and 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 it's like this model was used here. And we'll talk. But there's a couple more. I'll, I'll, we'll we'll have a little section at the end of Stephen 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 reads a wiki. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. Sorry. Wiki. <laughs> um, so we're in the framing device, and Shelley's being a brat. So Barbie's like, Barbie's trying to get her to go to this charity gala. And Shelly's like, no, I want to be eating candy and watching movies and doing all of our Christmas Eve traditions, which to be honest, I get like Christmas Eve is very important to me. My sister and I make sausage rolls for Christmas Day and we make mince pies and we watch the 2002 adaptation of the snow queen that was a hallmark two-parter series starring bridget fonda as the titular character and we then make mulled wine and watch muppet christmas carol in the evening and that is christmas eve and if you try and veer from that in any way shape or form then you meet an untimely death like that is yeah. what christmas eve is. so that's kind of interesting so me and my ex, when we were raising our children, Nick, Nikki invented, and didn't invent, but well, yeah, she did. She has invented a whole bunch of things that they do on Christmas Eve yeah. and merged them with some of her family traditions. And, and I think lots of families and sisters and brothers and people have these traditions of things they do. It's not just about, you know, it might be you go to church on Christmas Eve when you never go any other time of the year. Yeah. But, but, but the, 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 the ladies in my life growing up, they have invented these traditions. So there's always a new pair of pyjamas for all of them. Christmas pyjamas that only are worn once, right? There's, um, there's a whole thing about a Christmas tree who gives extra presents, which I've never really bought into. But apparently yeah. I'm not the only person with this. Um mm -hmm. They are in their 20s now. And what yeah. tends to happen on Christmas Day, I'll come round with their presents. Um, um, but we still, they're fucking grown women. And they, yeah. we still go through all these routines. Yeah. Outside, outside, there's going to be a, a, a little dish full of milk, a yeah. half-eaten carrot, 
because Rudolph's eating the fucking carrot. Not enough carrots for the other reindeer, just Rudolph. Just Rudolph. And, and something else is out there, but it's always the same. And they answer the door in their pyjamas, they get really excited, and then they open a stocking, which is just some cheap thing we bought from a pop-up store 20 years ago, but it's there. And it's all over and done with in this amazing rush. Yeah. And then suddenly it's half past seven in the morning, and yeah. now, we've, now we're going to start making food or whatever. You know, so I'm still involved in it in that way. But everybody I speak to, there is a thing. There's a there's a film we'll watch on Christmas Eve, or that yeah. I have a I have a film I watch every Christmas as well. Um, and 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 it's it is kind of exciting. And I that's why I think I'm on Kelly Shelley's side, because going yeah. to a fucking ball sounds like a ball ache. Yeah, you don't break from the Christmas Eve tradition. Christmas Eve is the best day. It's the better day because it's the anticipation day. If you walk down the high street, everybody's tipping their hat and, and wishing you a Merry Christmas, um, which is delightful. Like usually no one makes eye contact. It's just, it's a really lovely day. It's such a great day. Um, so I gonna, completely are, get are, it. Are you going to take the Christmas pyjamas on? I, I'll pass Honestly, that tradition like, to you. <laughs> there's a thing of the like Christmas Eve box that has become yeah. more and more of a tradition here in this country, and it sounds very similar. Where you're gifted like a DVD, some like hot chocolate, some new mm. pajamas, and the idea is that you get into your new Christmas pajamas and you watch the Christmas film, and, yeah. and then blah blah blah. The trouble with that, uh, in my head, is that there's already so many Christmas films that we need to watch, and Netflix just keep bringing out more and more. Films. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> a girl to do uh last year it was the uh, castle of christmas with carrie yules and this year it's going to be the lindsay lohan one so you know and that's on top of the princess switch which has now become a staple alongside home alone and batman return so you, you know there's too many christmas films now you, you, you base you, you basically need to start on the 23rd don't you I, the, the... <laughs> on mate like halloween will happen and then i will this is not a joke i'm not exaggeration <laughs> I will send a poll to my fa- like an Excel document to right. my family with a list of all of the Christmas films, and I will say, right, this is on like November first. Who wants to watch what? And then you because ha- you have to you have to plan it because obviously we're not. My sister's in Wales. I'm now in Norwich, and my parents are in Suffolk, and we're only gonna get together for like one week leading up to Christmas, if that, if not just days leading up to Christmas, and then the week after Christmas where it's kind of too late to watch certain holiday movies. So you have to be like, right, what are we watching and when? Who wants to watch The Grinch? Because if it's just me, I'll watch it at the beginning of December. Who wants to watch The Holiday? Because if it's everyone, we need to prioritise it for the 23rd of December. Who wants to watch Love Actually? Not me this year, so actually you guys watch that on the 21st before I arrive. Like, And we have to meticulously plan who wants to watch which Christmas movie at what time and why and how. And then like, my dad will always want to watch After Christmas, but it depends on whether anyone else is in that mood that year. I've insisted that Klaus now becomes a tradition so everybody has to watch Klaus with me nobody ever wants to watch Batman Return so I have to watch that early December by myself it's it's a real it's a hot thing it's a hot thing oh my god <laughs> I, I've, I've never felt so scared in my life <laughs> I need I need to put that in my tinder bio if you've got really really long-term Christmas traditions swipe left <laughs> 
I no, you've invented, but you've invented it. Many holiday movies as is physically possible within this month. But if you also want to watch them, then I'll wait and watch them with you. But if no one else wants to watch Home Alone, I need to know that so I can watch it on the fifteenth. Yeah, rather no, but than it's, it's kind of cool, but <laughs> but that way the family tradition you've invented it and you've put it on. And if there are there any little little um you know if you i don't know if your sister's got children or anything like that 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 will end up being a thing that they all do and come back in 50 years time and find how that tradition has changed <laughs> anyway one thing we're both not doing is going to a, a charity ball right yeah fuck that <laughs> we've got too much to fucking do <laughs> yeah, there's too much happening on christmas eve to go to a charity ball and so fair enough shelly but barbie's like well i'm gonna guilt trip you by grabbing the snow globe off the shelf and tell you a story. And the story is Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol, which is brilliant because, of course, Muppet Christmas Carol is a staple. Everybody knows it. It's the best adaptation of the story. And so that is the sort of pinnacle that we're holding this to in a way. And what's wonderful about A Muppet Christmas Carol is it goes to all of the dark places. So I was very excited to see if Barbie mm. was going to do the same thing. Yeah. And so, we've, I mean, I mean, adaptations of Christmas, the Scrooged as well, which lots of people I've like. I've never seen Scrooged. It's a Bill Murray I've never one. Seen it. Yeah, um, the Bill Murray one. And, and there are some really nice adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Yeah. It's, mm. and it is, and, and of course, obviously this isn't going to happen, but there is a, there is a darkness to the Christmas Carol story in mm -hmm. certainly in Christmas future. Um, yes. Which, which, is also part of Christmas, you know, like the yeah. M.R. James ghost stories. Oh, that's yeah. another. That's another thing about Christmas: the dark Christmas nights drawing ghostly. in, yeah. people, people, families being together, telling stories. You know, um, mm -hmm. and a complete diversion. But I just sort of saw the BFI are re-releasing all the M.R. James things that the BBC <gasps> used to do, oh, and yes. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about that. Because, yeah, I love them. because, and I was now that I'm Norwich, Whistle and I'll Come to You is set in Norfolk. Mm. So I was wondering how dark they were going to go. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll move, move on. <laughs> so we meet our protagonist, Eden Starling. She's an opera singer. She's our Ebenezer Scrooge. And she's, I didn't pay attention. And it was only when we started logging into Skype that I was like, wait, do they have English accents or American accents? So they because do. I've got, this is, the thing that made me most excited about this movie. So this version of Barbie, Eden Starling version of Barbie, mm -hmm. is actually voiced by Morwenna Banks. Yeah. Who is David Bedil's wife. Not that anyone should be... Hey! Um, ...should be um, known by who their partner <laughs> is, but yeah. that's people... Uh, if you're not English, I'm... Well, I don't know, would you know David Bedil is? But yeah, she's <laughs> she's a really... You know, since the 90s, she was in a show, a comedy show called Absolutely. I mean, she's she's a really talented comedy actress. She's also the voice of Mama Pig on Peppa Pig. Nice. Um, amongst other things. And I was really excited because it's a real English. She's from Cornwall. Oh my god! You can't, you can't. So, so, so yes, they actually got an English actress to. This is the thing because I'd I've written a lot of quotes. I think Eden has such a brilliant vocal performance in this movie, and so much of what she says was so memorable and it stood out to me as a lot of fun because of the voice actress. So she did a really, really good job. Yeah. And very early on, um, 
she's a, a massively talented, beautiful young opera singer who hates having to do Christmas carols and wants to be taken seriously as a star, even though she has her own theatre that she apparently runs and a whole rep of people that she apparently employs. But whatever. Yeah, there's she a there's to... a whole lot of stuff in this movie. We're just going to have to say that's not how it All works, right. but no. okay. <laughs> And it's certainly not how it worked in the Victorian times, yeah, I can promise you. So much of this, I'm like, wait, was that Victorian? But um, she comes off stage and she speaks to her cat, who is called um, Chuzzle Whip, which is a Dickensian name. And uh, Martin, which is interesting because they call the cat like Ebenezer. But can I, can I just have on record? Mm. We've had a lot of animals, right? We have. Yeah, and we've had dogs and elephants and polar bears. And this is the worst one for me. Oh, you didn't like it? I fucking hate Chuzzlewit. Oh, you hate like, Chuzzlewit? I think, I, I think the oh, character what? model is awful. I think I, I don't understand the point of it. I understand the point to sell toys. Yeah. Well, I didn't see any Chuzzlewit toys. But because he, 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 well, I assume it's a he. I assume it's a he. Because it's Martin, you know, from Martin Chuzzlewit, like you said. Um, doesn't talk or anything. It's got human teeth. Oh, it's just... <laughs> it's got I... sonic teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has got sonic teeth before that was a thing. Are you going to tell me you like Chuzzlewit? I like Chuzzlewit! No! Is this the I first didn't... time we've fundamentally disagreed on anything? So. <laughs> He's like a, a, like a really fat, lazy, expressive, weirdly sarcastic chunky little cat that's really fluffy and everybody interacts with him in quite an interesting way and he's got enough personality but he doesn't take over he's not annoying and like we'll put a pin in that because something comes back around in the middle of this movie about that but i yeah i was like it's it's he's silent he doesn't speak which i appreciate because the only animals that have spoken so far that i've been a hundred percent on board with have been the princess and the pauper animals because they can't speak to humans they can only speak to each other whereas otherwise you either have a silent animal or you have an animal that can speak to humans and it's it's hit and miss either way but this one works as a silent animal that like it has its own personality that's very big and i re i really like the design i, I it's like a pillow it's like mm. a walking pillow with teeth i i just didn't think it was realized very well i'm a cat person by the way mm. i'd much rather have cats and dogs mm -hmm. um and i yeah i didn't i didn't like chuzzlewit at all he, he scared me and i just thought that i did i did think the animation wasn't great on him but we can agree to disagree she's got yeah. a she's she's got a fat cat a fat cat that's a major part of the fucking story, apparently. <laughs> um, and she comes off stage and she gets, she turns to her cat, Chuzzlewit, and she says, I was trained in opera, Chuzzlewit. Opera. And, like, it's so funny. Like, immediately I'm on board with this character. They managed to find a voice actress that it's such a hard sell when you're doing a children's adaptation of A Christmas Carol, where Ebenezer Scrooge is meant to be so unlikable, and yet likable enough that we buy the 180 that happens in the end of the third act. And so, obviously, uh, fucking blow the bloody doors off in um, Christmas Muppet Christmas Carol works, because already you're on board, because you're like, hey... It's Michael Caine. It's yeah. Michael Caine. Um, 
that was my Michael Caine impression. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and 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 I think they do a, a pretty good job at selling Eden Starling as someone that we are going to eventually sympathise with quite soon, to be and, honest. And as of course, well as enjoying her snobbishness. And of course, there's a gender swap thing going on here. Oh so, my god, so, is there so, a gender swap thing happening? So, like, so how? 2016 move aside. Like every single character in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol <laughs> is a woman in this one. Yeah. Every single one. It's amazing. I literally have a, I think I have a note about that. Like, yeah, love to see it. But, but but I think, yeah, so where I was coming to, in terms of the Ebenezer Scrooge character, which there's no, I, I don't think her name, I, I can draw, you know, it's obviously that's it, but there's no, she's not like... Yeah, you've got the initials, that's it, really. That's that's what it is. Yes, thank you. I, I was just thinking, <laughs> why they haven't done anything with it? But to make a woman the Ebenezer Scrooge character without turning her into something, a selfish cow, I think is what we would say. Yes. Um, which obviously also feeds into it. Yes, completely. And shes I think she's a very well-realised adaptation of this character for what this adaptation is and who it is for. Um, so that's really good. Um, and again, uh, she comes downstairs, she meets her best friend Catherine, who she's known since childhood, and she's talking about the butter on her crumpets and she's like, it's pooling, Catherine, pooling. And just everything she does is just so enjoyably like extra. I mm. I'm, really, I'm really here for it, it's really nice. And she like flicks her hair in this very annoyed way. And even though the animation is very plastic, I've really noticed it more than ever in this film. The animations are very plasticky. They're very much trying to make them look like dolls. Um, but it's also they're giving all of the characters these like very personable traits that like Disney are incredibly well known for. How Belle will like push that flick of hair in her forehead out of her face and stuff. Um, these kind of get into this and they just make them a bit more grand. Ghibli are also very Ghibli. are also very good at doing that sort of thing. And I see it here in this movie. So I did enjoy that. She also said Bar Humbug quite early on, which I was like, hey. So that was good. Um, So it's a very short movie. We get into it very quickly. And yeah, absolutely every single character that you can think of in A Christmas Carol is male. And therefore, every single character that you can think of in A Christmas Carol here is female. So Marley becomes um, what was her aunt Marie? That's right. So that so yes. Yeah, so this is the woman that raised Eden and yeah. forced forced her onto the stage for her premiere at the age of fourteen. Yeah, and um, raised her to be selfish because in a selfish world, selfish people succeed. That is a running theme of this movie. Mm. And she turns up covered in chains, and um, it- and and mirrors. And, and mirrors, yeah, which 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 ties into when we go to the flashback, we see the evolution of that, the origin mm. of that, as it were. Oh. And it's not highlighted in an obvious way. It's just a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, although, I guess we've skipped ahead a bit, but but because we haven't talked about some of the other characters. Oh, that sorry, turn up. yes. But but her, the, 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 her ghost is a bit weirdly corporal and non-corporeal. It's, it's like, she, is, is she a ghost? Are. 
Are yeah. they ghosts or can they touch real life objects? Yeah. So, or... going forward, if you're like a ghost or an ethereal presence in this movie, walls you just fall through, uh, skies and everything you just go through, but floors, floors are real. You can fall on the floor, but you'll fall through a wall. And you can, knock over a hat, you, you can knock over a hat stand. Yeah. And little but, dogs can see everything. Yeah. But that, you know, that's that's okay. It's just yeah. It was more about when when Aunt Marie knocks over the hat stand with her with her chainy mirror things, and I thought, well, yeah. Well, hang on, is she a ghost or is she not? It's it's it's, it's okay because they are consistently inconsistent. If that makes yes, sense, completely, yeah, completely, completely. But yeah, so, I was just I was just going to talk about yeah the other friends, the who, the company who... of the theatre, as it were. Mm. So we have um, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie the magician. Yep. Who's got a crush on Catherine? On Catherine, who's the uh, costume designer at the theatre. And, and Eden's, Eden's best, best friend, friend forever, who seems utterly shocked that Eden doesn't like Christmas Eve. Got a or Christmas? You've got to wonder how she hasn't noticed it before. But never mind. Well, um, I think that's justified. I think it's actually quite well laid out. So yeah. That. But yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. I, I'm. I'm happy to admit I missed it. But yeah, Fre- Freddie's kind of. Freddie's not um Freddie's bland. Yeah, he's but he's not he's, Ken. There's, there's, this is the thing, there's no Ken no. in this movie. There's no overt love interest. Because it's a Christmas carol, the lesson is gonna be we're gonna learn to love Christmas and rather than like fall in love. And yeah. so Eden, spoiler alert, doesn't have a love interest. Which no. I didn't clock at the time because I was so invested in the Christmas Carol story, which is, you know, timeless and iconic. Um, I didn't even notice it. So they've they've put in this bizarre sub, 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 sub romance of Freddie who wants to ask Catherine out on a date, which in Victorian England, did you swipe left and ask I, people out on a no, date? No, <laughs> so, so funnily enough, I I, I, I watched a YouTube video where that was one of the main things a person didn't like this movie about. So, <laughs> you didn't go out on dates in Victorian <laughs> times. And I'm thinking, what? well, well, this isn't real. It yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, um, but no, you know, but obviously he, he's got a crush on Catherine. Catherine looks lovely. Um, She's she Nikki. looks really good. She yeah. Really lovely designs. Again, I mentioned Barbie looked fit in this at the beginning of this movie. Eden has a beautiful design. She looks like she's she's got a really, really like stunning look to her. Catherine as well is a very beautifully designed Barbie. Like Barbie's often very much looked like Barbie, and Barbie is so Bar- like everyone knows what Barbie looks like now, so you're just like it's Barbie, it's a pretty did, face, it's did, Barbie. But these people were really notably attractive in this movie. And did you get the feeling Catherine was potentially ethnically ambiguous as well? Oh, completely, completely. Yeah, I, 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 in my head, I assumed she was like an Indian, sort of of Indian descent or something There's like 100% that. Hundred percent, like a like a, a mixed race aspect mm. going forward with which her was, design. Which was nice because we still yeah. haven't had a lot of of uh, um representation that, yeah i think in the last movie the, the 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 framing character was and maybe we've seen bits and bobs around the place but i, I just thought it was nice and, and yeah and you know and 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 maybe oh, this is a this is a big thing at the moment in victorian london were there were there lots of asian and african people around well, yes there yeah. were <laughs> you know it probably wasn't 
floods of them, but they certainly exist, and certainly Indian people oh, would have existed. Oh, they 100% yeah. existed. They were in the courts of Henry VIII. Mm, for sure. Oh, mate, you, there's there's evidence that there was an Ethiopian Roman soldier, you know, literally. literally. So, but but it was it was it was nice that it was. You know, there yeah, was representation there. Was there. The, uh, not every single person was like Snow White. And it was um, nice that Catherine is actually different to Eden, but I still bought that they maybe were friends. At- completely. Completely. Really, really nice example of female friendship. Really like solid, um, like well, well written. Like, mm. I'm in a fragile state at the moment, but like, <laughs> but like, I was watching it and I was like believing in their friendship and recognizing traits of it in my own life and mm. and mirror images of it in my past. So I was like, this is actually someone has written this script. This is the thing I want to shout out to whoever like had a say in writing this script because it, I, I didn't laugh out loud at any point. But it was just really nicely written. It felt not meta, but quite characters reacted in ways that I respected and appreciated given what was going on. It wasn't it wasn't pandering, it wasn't patronizing, it wasn't what you'd expect Barbie to react in situations as. It was it was it was like real. It felt quite real and grounded. Do, do you know what I, I Well what I thought I've got some issues with this movie later on, but in terms of what you're talking about, what I liked was that Barbie was the Scrooge character. Yeah. You could have easily had that be some other other invented model and and Barbie could have played the Catherine character because Mm. she's morally Barbie, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. I will say... Mm-hmm. Freddie being boring is the least problematic of all the <gasps> other characters. <laughs> yes. Because we so have... there's Freddie, the stage musician. There are those ballerinas. Anne and Nan, the mm-hmm. twin ballerinas that finish each other's sentences. Oh, God. That... Which, which thankfully doesn't happen often. But when it does, you're like, please stop. And, and and that is a thing, right? I, I know identical yeah. twins who do do that, right? I've, I've seen it happen. But that's the only thing, that's the only character, character, oh God, I can't even talk anymore. <laughs> character, I can't say character, character trait. Thank you. Thank you, editor, for, what, for, for, for keeping my meltdown of language in the show. Um, yeah, they're annoying, but they're nothing compared to what the fuck is Maurice? The oh French God. juggler who's on his, his... I mean, it's French for no reason. They're like, we don't have an ambiguously foreign character in our movie yet, so we should yeah. probably do that. And you're like, what? And he he's, what? he speaks in with a French accent, but sings with an English one. He, he He's on his unicycle juggling, juggling. tomatoes. It's just... What is his point? I don't know. I don't know. Like, why? Why? Why he give so him? He didn't need to have a bizarre accent, but but we've seen that throughout. Like, mm. people arrive and their pet will start speaking in some bizarre accent, and you'll be like, yeah. "What the fuck are you doing?" Like, but he could have just been. Oh my god! Like, a... we want representation, but we want actual representation. I didn't. I didn't think French people like, was a thing you know that. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what we really need is a French juggler. 
I wanted to try out my French accent. Like, just yeah. stop. <laughs> I mean, maybe if they made him look like a Poirot doll or something. Like, no, yeah. not Poirot. It, you know, it's not Poirot. Poirot's a Belgian detective. But you know what I mean? That whole yeah, white yeah, face yeah. paint with, with the black oh, makeup my... on. I, yeah. I could... And that might have been that might have even been time appropriate. I'm not sure. Yeah. I need to look it up. But it's just weird. And I'm like, yeah, why? And I know they needed, uh, you know, what is this place, Emily? This theatre. It's like a that's... rep theatre company run by a woman that has no business sense and all money it would seem, other than from her own talent. So she's managed to invest in a theatre and a company and they do variety well, they do... shows that end in her the... opera finale. Don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I really want to go out and watch a clown, a magician, yeah. freaky, freaky, freaky um, ballet dancers, ballet and, top, dancers. and top it off with... Um, with a bit of opera. With a bit of opera. I mean, I, with a bit I of get opera it. That's like, um, a bit Not of opera. opera that's like, so this is 2008. Joel Schumacher's 2004 Phantom of the Opera came out four years prior to this. So she's singing Oh Christmas Tree, one of the arguably most bland of the carols. But she manages to sneak in at the end this whole like, like very end of like think of me from andrew lloyd webber's phantom of the opera bit and i think the indication is there is that she's like i'm an opera singer i don't want to just be singing christmas carols but i would like to return your attention to the fact that she owns the theater and the company yeah which is doesn't have to do which is why So this this is this is where it falls down to me. The obvious thing to do would be to have a theatre owner who was the Scrooge character who is yeah. making making her do the stuff she doesn't want because no one else is making us sing Christmas carols, only herself. Mm. And then he or she would then make them work Christmas Day, which okay. is the the thing. By making her a local businesswoman who's shit at her own business, yeah, is a bit weird. And I think it's a I, bit redundant. It's a bit sort of like thoughtless, and and it didn't really cross my mind while I was watching the movie. Like I bought into the world. Oh, same. I was aware of a Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's and same. It's only since we've been would be the same. But, of course, yeah. it's only because we're grown ups, and I'm yeah. thinking about it now. And I'm not really, I'm not into it to nitpick. I'm into it. There's been a couple of times where the writers of these films have made some fantastic ideas, and then some really like. Bizarre. How did this get past meeting one? Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm thinking of it, it's not going to be incredibly insightful. Yeah, it's, like, it's like draft it's... one. It's like, mm. wait, what? Like yeah. no one heard that and went, wait, what? They all just went, yeah. Let's get on with it. <laughs> Let's get on with it. But yes. Anyway, so there is this, there is this, this subcast of people yes. of whom, who work for Eden and Which she's a shit too. All of the sort of um, uh, nephew Freddy and uh, Bob mm. Cratchit roles. Yeah, so so um, and and his workers they so, they all sort of are in this company as it were. So so Catherine is sort of Bob. She's Cratchit, essentially Bob Cratchit, but with distance. But also kind of not. <laughs> yeah, a distance between her and uh, and Tiny Tim more than Cratchit's tiny tim yeah so 
Aunt Marie arrives, a la Marley. Not as a doorknob, just as the chains. And she's like, yo, you'll be visited by three spirits. And she has a line where she's like... Again, this this screenplay is just sort of littered with these things that aren't, like, laugh-out-loud funny, but just, like, like every character is just, like, vaguely amusing. They really took it... For a Barbie movie, they really took on board the fact that everybody could be, like, kind of a little bit more sarcastic and darker than we're used to. And I'm not saying they're, like, very dark, but she's like... Um, oh, you could change your nightgown. I mean, with the money you make, you could get one so much better. Like, it just, like, little snidey little snips like that. Just very, like, fun, littered in throughout. Um, so then we've got... Then we're visited by the three spirits because this is at a breakneck pace because it's an hour and 18 minutes, which is the perfect length for a movie, FYI. Um, I... I don't know if I like the three spirits or not. Do you know what I mean? They're all so different and individual. I have different opinions on each one. Yeah. What so, I will say is, the Ghost mm-hmm. of Christmas Past yeah. is one of the most fucking annoying people She's so I've, annoying. <laughs> I've ever come across. <laughs> She's like this rough... When you consider that in Muppet, again, Muppet Christmas Carol, which is what I'm always going to revert back to, mm. it's this like bizarre, ethereal puppet that's basically a shard of light in a nightdress with this shock of red hair that's like if you come with me you might die like it's ominous and it's frightening but it's intriguing and it's innocent all at the same time because it's majestic and the mother christmas carol is one of the greatest movies ever made here we have like a rough cockney that's like oi oi ebenezer you want to come with me and have a look at your childhood it's like a prepubescent female jack sparrow and not in a good way (laughs) it is oh my god um and yet uh eden manages to ground us because we're in this like bizarre lit up tunnel where she's like by the way i really felt i needed to tell you i'm a massive fan of yours i really like how you're a soprano and an opera singer and i really like hearing you sing (laughs) oh is me being a fan odd for you and eden like looks around at the like glowing tunnel of like sheer light and weirdness that she's in and she's like yeah that that's not the part that's odd for me and it's just it's just really nice i was like (laughs) nice there is and i there's a kind of british humor to the whole thing do you know what I mean? That's what There's it a, is. That's what it is. That's why I appreciate A kind of sarcastic deadpan Yes. Just pointing out the obvious, which yeah. I feel... It wasn't is like a... meta, but yeah. you're right. It was that like deadpan sort of like, huh, really, you think, kind of vibe that, that, yeah. that was littered throughout that I was like, it's not very Barbie, but I'm really into it. And you're right, mm. because it's because it's what I'm used to because of where I grew up. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there are differences in humans. Some of the things cross over, but there was a... It felt like this could be the kind of jokes you'd hear on some secondary-level BBC Two sitcom. Yeah. You know, not not classic, but there's there's a character there that, that, that just says what they see and that's kind of funny because... And that kind of works. everybody. Yeah, because everybody else isn't. But 
yeah, I didn't like the voice acting. I didn't like the character design. Mm. I didn't like. Yeah, it was very nothingy. She had like an Ariana Grande ponytail and like a sort of ballet esque dress that was mainly made of light, and she was just very sort of rough and ready and overtly extra. But that like, so clearly they were going for the sort of childlike aspect. I've not read A Christmas Carol, Hands in the Air. I don't know how it's described in the book, but I imagine that there's this idea of youthful innocence and energy that which is what people use to take on through the to the adaptation. But um, yeah, weakest weakest of the three, I think. Hard hard to find a good line. Again, we 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 were blessed. We yeah. were hashtag blessed. Yeah, but, but ironically, I think the bit of the story which she introduces is the best bit. Yes. <laughs> or for me, anyway. I, I, you know, And it's look- because we, we, we touch back in with our base of our outside structure, which doesn't usually happen. The framing device is usually literally that. It's a beginning and an end. But here we're sort of dipping in and out. And this is the first time we check back in with Barbie and Shelley because we start to see some like past trauma and a conversation starts to arise around, oh, shit, that sucks. Oh, I thought you hated this character. Oh, well, you know, I didn't realize that she suffered in her past. Oh, well, you know, maybe we should consider that going forward when we meet Do you people. Know, yeah, and it's that's... quite mature. And obviously I'm paraphrasing. Massively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're right. I hadn't realized. I think, is this the first time we have a sort of flash uh, 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 go back to the 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 the, the, the reality of the storyteller I, I could be wrong but i feel like it is usually it felt quite bookended mm, like, i yeah usually we call it we, we usually call it like a framing sequence and in my head that's absolutely the beginning yeah. and the end but here they take some time and and i guess it's really talking Be- to the the young audience and it's just explained themes, yeah I guess, and so it's, and it's breaking just, them down just checking in you understand what's happening here you understand this was and and, and mm. not everybody is as you know not everything's a straight line blah 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 so it's kind yeah. of kind of interesting but even <clears throat> even then this is the longest i think we spend with a ghost in there yes always time. is we're always um, spending too long in the past you know yeah. when disney plus they're now reintroducing that song that they cut for a fucking reason sorry controversial opinion i know don't come with for me don't at me but they cut it for a reason and they're putting the song back in. Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, fine. If you wanted to do the bit, pause it, go to YouTube, watch When Love Is Gone, come back, re-watch a Muppet Christmas Carol from where you left off. Putting it back into the movie, like, it was cut for a reason, lads. Pacing, one assumes. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, you know, we, we learn... When love is gone... <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> we can do we can do the Muppet films in another podcast. I promise you. All right. I'm sorry, it's just so intrinsically tied up in my head. I know you. You. I can. I can see. I've never read the book, but the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's the definitive. Yeah, it, is. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. It is. It is. And I bet anyone that's read the book or studied it at fucking high school would would say the same. Oh, I'm sure there are people at Oxford and Cambridge studying the classics that would would no, back you up and will say. They will back up my opinion. <laughs> but it, but but to be fair, Muppet Christmas Carol is a part of popular culture in a way oh that. Oh my god. You know, maybe even exceeds the Muppets' own place in, in popular culture. In a culture. way that, like Muppet Treasure Island, never was, and Muppet Treasure Island is phenomenal. Mm. 
Like, it is a true masterclass in, but, like, everything. But I think a lot of the Muppet films, you could start seeing Muppets Take Muppets Manhattan. Most Wanted, so yeah. good. And Most Wanted is sort of a recent one, isn't it? Love but, it. And even the first Muppet movie, they're all part of the, of the popular culture canon. But I do think Christmas Carol, because it's related to a, a specific time and place, you know, you probably don't watch Muppet Christmas Carol, I don't know, in October, like we're watching this film. <laughs> but you might, or end of September, or actually maybe in June when I first watched it. <laughs> um, I, you, you, that, that, you would have to watch Muppet Christmas Carol at Christmas, right? You have it's, to. And, and so, yeah, anyway, we're not here to talk about Muppets. <laughs> we, we, we go back and we find out all about Barbie's... Sad childhood. She was forced yeah. to practice, like, stage mom vibes from Aunt Marie. Very sad, no Christmas decorations in the house. So she's always been intrinsically layered in with this idea of hating Christmas. But she would pop over to Catherine's, who were massive Christmas freaks, and put on these, like, repertoire shows where Catherine would do the costumes and she would arrange the music and they would perform for the family. So, like, so like Catherine's a massive part of her life, which is then why you completely believe why Catherine is still on Eden's side when they're like 30 because she's like I know what this girl is like I grew up with her like she just had a really tough childhood and none of you appreciate that and now she's a massive superstar and she doesn't quite know how to balance those two aspects of her life um but I know who she is deep down and I just hope that she'll find if we're just kind to her which essentially is all that it takes um, she'll find that balance within her and, and come back to being a, a, the, the really enjoyable, like, enthusiastic person I know her to be. And it's so true. Like, true friends truly know each other and will stick out, stick it out for each other through the worst times. Like, we can assume that this diva phase has been happening for, what, like, three years, maybe? Uh, uh, well, so she says she made her first appearance when she was 14. But she hasn't not... become a massive star until she's like what now, which is probably I mean it's a Barbie movie, so let's be honest, they're all probably like eighteen. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking mid twenties. Yeah. Okay, something fair something enough. like something like that. But to um, build up to have your own theatre and your own rep company, like she's probably had that in the last like couple of years. Oh, and she's Maybe a, even she, just a year. I think and, and she's a superstar, right? With the, the rather the even yeah. the fucking ghost of Christmas Pass is a fan, right? Exactly. <laughs> a, um, a, a fucking ethereal being from the realm of spirits is a fan mm. of Eden Starling. But we who doesn't have any staff or management to run her theater, whatever. <laughs> um but like yeah, we like Britney Spears made her debut when she was like nine. But no one knew who Britney Spears was until she was like sixteen. Do you know what? Abs- I mean? Absolutely, she was in the Mickey Mouse Club. So it's that kind of. Just, and even just, before just... that, she was on like she was on like talent shows that were mm. on television in America, and then she was in the Mickey Mouse Club, and then she became a, a, a number one overnight sensation at the age of like sixteen, seventeen, or whatever. Mm. So, so like, I can believe that Eden's only been a massive bitch for like. Of a short enough period of time that Catherine is still holding out for the Eden that she like knew and um, loved and grew up with. And maybe, and it's not, I don't know, you could tell me if I've misunderstood. It's probably only at Christmas she's a bitch. Yeah, um, because she has level. trauma mm, from it. Absolutely. Because, so that's, because she, says, she visits Catherine and she has a wonderfully glorious, beautiful, gorgeous time. And then her aunt bursts in at the end 
and she's like we need to leave and the ghost of christmas past is like what oh my god why and she's like no please please we need to leave and she's like oh my god no we're like let's stay and then like the aunt comes in and she's like ah and like yell and she's like she yelled the whole day she ruined everything it sucked and it's minimal and it's an hour and 18 long movie for children but that's like imagine that like imagine that as a real thing that's that happened it's very real this is the thing with this movie it's we're, we're not dealing with dragons and princesses and swans and all of this shit like we're dealing with I've had Christmases that have gone like that. Do you know what I mean? Like really poignant, traumatic Christmases mm. that well, have been a... notably awful because of people's human behaviour. And that's what we're experiencing in this movie. I mean, it's not as bad as, say, Gremlins, where poor Phoebe Cates' character, oh my God. Christmas Phoebe is, Cates is, oh my God. is, is defined like, by the fact that... I trauma was until I watched Gremlins. Yeah. That... <laughs> Interestingly, a film set at Christmas that was released in June. <laughs> Oh so is it still a Christmas he movie? He was dressed as Santa Claus. Yeah. Been there around three days. Oh, Phoebe, no. Phoebe. That is that is the it's that is one so of the grimmest things in cinema. I would I would say. So I love Gremlins. It's another oh, film I love. Um, but but it is a time, and this is maybe I'm not huge on Christmas, right? So just we'll be yin and yang on this one, right? Because it's a time where a whole bunch of people who spend most of the year not being close to each other, i.e. my yeah. family, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you introduce a lot of alcohol, nowhere else to go, oh, and too many of you stuck in a room that's not equipped for it. For me, Christmas was, yeah, the presents and all that shit is great as a child, but I also knew that my family were going to be absolute fucking... This is before East. This is before EastEnders was on, right? But it would be like <laughs> East, East EastEnders Christmas Day stuff. I think, yeah, divorce, shouting, fighting, blah blah blah. This is what Christmas. No, it's not like that anymore in my family. Okay, know, but, but good to know. That's the memory I have of you yeah, know, completely. Also, annoying fucking kids, i.e., me hyped up on chocolate and candies. Oh my god, yeah. Being New being. Toys. Sp- being spoiled, oh, toys with fucking batteries in them, noises going off. I, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. The Christmas Day experience is not great for everybody. And this is, it's to a be long fair. Old day. And that, and t- to be fair, I would have got well fucked off being with, um, in that family with, oh my God, there's fucking shows to put on, let alone the food. It would have <laughs> got me down so much. But I get it. It is a really, you know, it's a really traumatic thing. And it's not like it happened on. I don't know, the the, the the 15th of April, a day yeah. that no one gives a shit about. Christmas fucking day, yeah? Which yeah. Is, is an event that's in every calendar. It's a military fucking ordeal in my household. Yeah, yeah. and I get, I get, I get, day. I get. I get why this was a a problem for Eden as well, yeah. And this memory is strong and yeah. will get stronger around that time. So I know we're justifying a, a, a animated cartoon, but, 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 but I think this is what's it's... so good about this movie. Mm. I think like it's really it does it it does itself justice. It does really mm. good stuff with what it's doing. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it, it's it's good stuff. So we we come back and um and then. And we finally get to say goodbye to uh, annoying ghost. So then we get this, the the ghost of Christmas present, who is the fun one, always ginger for some reason. 
She's an avuncular, cuddly aunt type character. Yeah, in like um, a cute Christmas dress. Mm, but I, I'm getting sort of um, Darling Buds of May vibes off her. Mm. <laughs> Very vibey. Yeah. So um, the main point of this one is that we learn that Eden's a bitch, nobody likes her, but essentially Catherine has got another show on the sly, which Eden is justifiably upset about, um, to, an, to a point. But we find out that that, uh, this is where we introduce the like tiny Tim character, which again, I love it so much. It's a fucking girl. It's so easily could have been. There's literally a we basically Catherine has been making costumes for a pageant that's happening at a local orphanage, of which there are only like twelve children here in Victorian England. Apparently, there's only twelve orphans in the district, um, so it's it's quite a decent district. But uh, one of those orphans is like a, a boy that's like oi oi catherine it's so nice to see you and you're like hey it's it's our tiny tim i assume and then the crowd parts and this blonde ringleted girl with a crutch steps forward and catherine's like tammy how are you and you're like oh my god even tiny tim is a girl and what i love is that this boy orphan he has the energy and I know it's an animated movie, but he has the energy of an actor that came second in the running to play the role of Tiny Tim, and it was given to the girl. And he's making the most of his screen time. <laughs> <laughs> he really goes for it. And I'm here for it. But Tammy's our star, and she's so bland. And I mean, she's, she's, a, Shelley, she's a Shelley Kelly, isn't she? I, yeah, I assume. Yeah, like Rigwood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that aren't, that look like snail shells, but. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they know. do. They look like whelks, don't they? Hanging off the back <laughs> of their head. But... It does. It's so bizarre because because we're, and I I buy it and I'll allow it because I'm already vaguely on, we've, we've softened enough to Eden that we're then willing to take this next sort of very big step where she just watches some poor parentless children be like we love you Catherine and we love your friend Eden and now we're gonna sing a song in the snow and Eden's like oh my god this has changed me forever fundamentally as a person and you're like really like kids will just do that to you like you just have like such an overwhelming maternal instinct that you're like the children of the future like it just i both completely bought into it and was incredibly cynical about it at the same time does that make sense i think i think i think so um i mean part of it's eden's sudden turn mm. is is does she have a flashback or does it happen where or did i imagine it where she has turned these kids away before no i don't think so there's nothing Just... there's no they're like they're obsessed with her they're like is eden starling coming mm. because we're such big fans but they've never met her they've never experienced See, that's interesting. Her presence in my head and it might be one of the sort of review videos i watched in preparing this and they may have just put a clip up from something else completely different but i had this fact that there was some guilt that she turned away the kids would they come around collecting money there, there'd been some kind of it previously and yeah Barbie and, the Christmas and that would make sense but that but would I, work maybe completely. maybe 
but maybe it didn't happen remember as as you as you say and you rightly point out this is a short little movie and we're quite a long way into it before any of this stuff happens um so yeah but i buy i buy what Catherine's doing i don't understand why her best friend has never told her that she i don't know why she's never told her i don't know why she's like was completely expected to be there that day and yet the build-up to it was now that i have to have gone into work today and don't have to rush home for christmas i can go and see the orphans so in theory she was never going to go watch the pageant she was never going to have time to drop off the costumes because she was going to be going home for christmas but everybody mm. acted like she was always meant to be there but like again i'm just like what, what? it's a fucking barbie movie <laughs> I'll allow it. yeah but there is a big fuss about that she makes about going home right yeah. um yeah, she's also doing this, and she's been doing this on the side for a long time. Yeah, and... she's always sort of meant to have been there for the pageant, yeah. which just so happened to fit in around her work hours. Again, we don't know that she wasn't lying to Eden, saying she was going home when really she was doing this, but yeah. then I don't I don't understand why this is a big fucking secret. Anyway, yeah. um, it's fine. It's just a, another example that we've had a couple of times... In, in a couple of the movies where they over overwrite when mm. it's not necessary um i can't remember the other one that this that clearly happened in but you know the, let's put a load of extra plot in that's utterly not needed and never yeah. really comes to anything and 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 kids are cleverer than we sometimes give them credit oh, for but 100 percent but there's a lot going on here there's christmas carols there's there's time traveling there's ghosts there's a lot of we don't, we don't need Catherine to be a liar, which no. is what this movie kind of yeah, makes her out to be. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's a bit like, and, and she literally is like, I told Eden about you and she wishes you all the best of luck. And it's like, no, you didn't. And not at all, Eden, Eden is just like, oh, that's sad. I, I want to visit them for realsies in person. And you're like, what? okay. And there's no reason right. that she's gone, th- <laughs> you know, at that point, she's gone through, no, she's, She's got some big shocks to come, but she's kind of cool with it already. Now, maybe she's just being a bitch at Christmas. I don't know. Mm. But but there's nothing. There's no sort of revelation that she's had yet that says anything more than, well, I'd have come if you'd asked. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not not against young orphans. Yeah. What what gave you that idea? Clearly, I'm kind of into them because, like, I was one. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Sorry, you've just. Absolutely, she was raised by her aunt, wasn't yeah, she? So, yeah, yeah. So this is just weird. Mm. However, you know, it is what it's it is. It's fine. It's fine. It works. Anyway, the, the orphanage is going to close because because there's no funding, because it's Victorian England. Um, <laughs> and that's a real bummer. And uh, that sucks. Anyway, Eden goes back home again. And by the time the third ghost visits her, she's like, I... I know who you are. Let's get on with this classic Dickensian stuff. Um, and this, the ghost of Christmas future was the reason I couldn't watch a Muppet Christmas Carol until I was like <laughs> 13 years old. Because mm. I used to get so frightened. So in, <laughs> in the original novel, the ghost of Christmas future doesn't talk. Yeah. The ghost of Christmas future is a hooded. You never see their. You know they're yeah, it's described like it's a as, like it's as horrendous. It's like 
this is the thing in the muppet christmas carol gonzo is like this is too scary for me we'll see you at the finale and as a kid i was like i'm sorry if it's too scary for gonzo it's too scary for me like I'm whereas not. in this movie and i'm sorry to use this phrase but the ghost of christmas future is a milf she's and... a bit of a milf <laughs> she's a bit of a milf she like turns up in like a mysterious hooded manner and yeah. then she like pulls down her hood and is like, "Hey, want to go to the future?" And you're like, "Oh." I mean, she's not as she's not as sexy yeah. as Lydia from from the last film. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> the, my my oh, my inner my inner workings are being exposed. But you know what I mean. She's scale of Barbie Mill. currently coming in. It's we'll have another list. We'll have another list for that at the end. Yeah. Who, who was the <laughs> hottest vaguely, Barbie? Barbie vaguely BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it when they don't all look like Barbies and they've got different hair, different sort of clothing <laughs> sure, sure, and, sure, and, sure. and it looks like they've done some character work. But why <laughs> one of the scariest creatures in literature yeah. they turn into... They could have made it like an entity. They could have made it mm. like animalistic. They could have they could have really gone to town, but they were like, no, it's going to be another hot Barbie lady. And you're like, all right. She looks like the aunt, the hot tr- aunt that goes to foreign countries from the Nutcracker, but all right. Exactly. Like- <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, that's another one. Like that, that. Why? <laughs> Why? And, and, and they, I, they've I got get a character it. design, they're going to use it. <laughs> I'm not even sure they did a doll, but maybe that was the idea. But um, um, I don't think there are a lot of dolls for this movie, actually. Um, I think, um, but yeah, but... She she comes and, and and describes this terrible future where, um, uh, I've forgotten her name. Eden has sacked everybody, and Catherine turns into a bitch. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So Catherine's a massive bitch. Um, what the fuck? It's very Devil Wears Prada. It's very like learnt from the best. Like my friend was a cow. And she told me that being selfish and hating Christmas was the pinnacle. And then she fired us all on Christmas because we were late. And therefore, now I hate Christmas and I'm a weirdly bad business-minded bitch. Yeah, I've become Eden. Okay, that is the cutest sneeze ever. (laughs) (laughs) I want that as my ringtone on my phone. Yeah, I I mean, it it is... is I don't know if I can keep going. But no, it is it is what we expected from the future. Although it gets mm. darker well, and darker. This is the thing. Because I think I wrote in my um in my notes, I was like, oh my god, here we go, the ghost of Christmas fucking yet to come. Like it are we going graveyards? Are we going to see the inevitable death of Eden Starling? Are we going to see the death of Tiny Tim, Tiny Tammy? Like, like where are we going with this? And it's like I, I love it. I love what they do with it. But part of me was like I wanted Barbie to go hard or go home. Like I wanted to end up in a graveyard looking at Eden Starling's gravestone. Like this is a bit of a bummer because like I know how hardcore this moment can go. And I know we're not going to go there because this is Barbie and a Christmas Carol. But like, wouldn't it have been great if they had? Oh my, absolutely. And this is maybe, I've got a feeling we have slightly different opinions on this movie, which is, only the second time I think that's mm. happened. <laughs> yeah. Um I I I know the target audience, but like we just talked about, she she has a complete softening in 
Christmas present or Christmas tomorrow or whatever the middle section is. And this doesn't go dark enough for me. I think it is suggested that tiny Tammy isn't going to make it. Um, I mean, not only in the sense that, like, oh, the orphanage is going to close. And then if you're, like, mm. smart, you're going to be like, what would the consequences of that be to the children? They'll and, end up on the street dying of hypothermia. And I but, don't like, think there's any consequence to Eden. Is no. there? No, like, she had absolutely nothing to do with there's no like even tiny tim is a stretch for ebenezer scrooge because he's just like that's a cute child and then it's like the child's dead and you're like oh that sucks but fundamentally it's really tapping into the like deepest part of a human person and an empathy which is the whole point of scrooge but even then it's like very vague it's like he didn't really give a shit about bob cratchit he definitely didn't know about the existence of tiny tim before like yesterday so like oh no now this this one kid has changed his entire outlook on life okay whatever it's a fucking stupid mini parable written in a magazine for christmas times by a fucking failing author who's like got mental problems but like here it's even worse in that it's like she didn't know of the existence of the orphanage she didn't know that it was even a problem why would she care she's never indicated that she wants or likes children like why does tammy have it like tammy's not even gonna die or like it's more about her career and her friend finding success and her friend being a massive bitch and her seeing her own poverty and personality reflected in her friend to be honest here it fucking comes mate barbie in a christmas carol has more of an emotional and empathetic impact than the original Christmas Carol. Sorry, I said well, it. Well, there's a hot take. That's a fucking hot take. And that may be the Prosecco talking. <laughs> 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 but I think I'm onto something here because of the, everything that I just said. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say. Well, well, well I, I, I feel the opposite. <laughs> like, no, seeing your friend mimic your own behavior like seeing your behavior laid out in front of you because you've infected your friend who was supported you and was there for you this whole time and seeing your own horrific behaviors that you've only become enlightened and empathetic to in the past like 24 hours laid out in front of you via somebody that you have known all of your life love and adore and has been a support mechanism for you through thick and thin who you've supported and each other and helped each other throughout your careers as well as your own lives to see that happen in front of you is incredibly impactful and frightening especially to see yourself in such a vulnerable position both mentally and physically and financially and geographically and all of these things compared to some bloke that works for you's sick son who you didn't know about existed and then now he's dead and that sucks but it's not really your fault like it's not really your fault like if you'd given bob cratchit that pay rise maybe tiny tim would be alive but like probably not because the nhs didn't exist yet like i don't know like if the boy so, has something wrong with his lungs, there's not much the smog of London is going to do to help that. So, like, you know, like, so in in, in a way, Barbie and the Princess Carol brings uh, the point uh, home harder. I don't know. So, so well, no, no. I, um, I don't normally do this, but you've kind of sold me on that. <laughs> um, I, you know, it, it, somewhere in that rant, no. <laughs> 
and it wasn't a rant. It was in that monologue, uh-huh. which is which is normally my thing more than your thing, isn't it? So <laughs> so that's that's kind of cool. No, I think it's the fact where you said it. Your friend has become a mirror of you, yes, and that you have that self realization to know that's what it is. That's kind of interesting, and that's a different take. You know, you're right. Um, the 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 original story is is a sort of a you know it's it's social history as well as yeah, a, 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 a fictional of tale. Britain as well <coughs> as an empathetic tale in humanity and in, blah, blah, exactly blah. where this is a Barbie movie, but you know, and you if we I'm sort of going to go somewhere else with this, but obviously um, in a lot of. I'm going to say sort of female friend culture in in movies and animated cartoons, if there's any other sort of cartoon. There is this sense of peer pressure, mm-hmm. this sense of a group of girls that all act in the same way, whether it's Heathers or Brats or whatever. Yeah. yeah? yeah. It's, it's, or Mean Girls or any of that. There's this thing where people copy the alphas' behaviour to fit in because or because you see it succeed. so it's kind of related to that so Catherine mm. says you know Catherine says actually Eden's really successful yeah she kicked me out but do you know what what, what was it the aunt says you know in a in a selfish world selfish a, people succeed yeah and I, I'm not really sure that's a piece of sage advice period but within yeah. the context of this movie it is and therefore I, I get it you know this isn't as dark as I wanted it to be this doesn't feel Completely. like a this doesn't feel like a Christmas Carol. It's but was far it too ever soft. Going to? Well, of course it wasn't, and and so I can always go and watch a Muppet Christmas Carol, you can. or I can watch Scrooge, or I can watch some old version of it from the nineteen sixties, or I can go and watch it in a play, or I can pick up the book right and read it for free <laughs> if I if I want to do that. Is is it Barbie's place? And it's never been Barbie's place in any of these adaptations. To retell the original story. Yeah. yeah. The Nutcracker, Rapunzel, Swan Lake, Princess and the Pauper. Yeah. Um, have there been others? I don't know. No, I think that's about it. Think, have not, yeah. have not. Um, Twelve Dancing Princesses. Yes, although that's a fairy tale I didn't know of. But yes, you know, they have not replicated the Hans Christian Andersen story or the, or the, or the ballet, or anything like that. They've told their own story using that as a kicking-off point. Mm-hmm. And yes, this has the framework of a Christmas Carol. Yeah, yeah. You know, sh- sh- shitty person visited by go by spirits that that show them how they got where they are today, how today is so bad, and what's going to happen if you don't fucking sort your life out. Yeah. Um. Within a Barbie context, this is fine. There's a lot of interesting, you know. Other than Chuzzlewit, which I'm glad you haven't spoken about much, you know, yeah, th- th- yeah. there's a lot of nice stuff in in this movie, and it's, and I know uh, we've we've had a go at bits of it, like mm. the theatre and stuff like that, but actually the, yeah. the guts of it, the story, and the story being told to its core audience of eight to nine year old girls, yeah. or what or whatever it is, this is what it was going to be. It's always what it was going to be, yeah. and. There is horror in there, you know, but the horror isn't in the future per se. It's actually back in the past, isn't it? Yeah, it's that. it's a tale in grief and trauma, which you know is and, pretty and dark actually, and mature for Barbie. And you know, I think 
I've probably given enough away to say I actually probably have more in relate I have more in common with this movie because of I don't really like Christmas either for reasons which yeah. I've half explained than I would do with the Dickens tale being yeah. as I'm not a self-made entrepreneur with hundreds of people that work for me yeah yeah Completely. but I am somebody who's had shitty Christmases Completely. Like, I, think, I think everyone can relate to having shitty Christmases and that's what's really highlighted in this movie that like actually Christmas can be kind of shitty and what makes it good what makes it good is your own choices on the day and what makes you happy. So we, we come out of the ghost of Christmas future and I I didn't get overly emotional, but I got like a little bit a little bit emotional just because again the, the story itself is so iconic. In the moment where she wakes up on Christmas morning and she's like, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Good. What? Uh, ah, oh, I haven't missed it. I haven't missed it. And that moment. And I watch a Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol every single year. I know the fucking story inside out. But in this moment when Barbie woke up and was like, oh, my God, I haven't missed it. I can change my actions. I can make better choices. Let's fucking go. I was like, oh my God, I get it. I, fu- like, I feel like I'm getting a Christmas carol for the first time. Like, I feel like I'm really hearing what's going on here. That someone is making a choice to change their actions and to change their behavior because of the impact of those around them and their own future self. And it, it, it was... It was really emotional and I really, really loved it. And then she has that attitude going forward. There's no fake outs. Like, I love it. Like, Muppet Christmas Carol does a thing where Michael Caine's like, Bob Cratchit, why aren't you at work today? And then he's like, I'm going to give you a pay rise. And he's like, oh, 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 great. And it's like, it's a great little fake out. But like, there's no need for a fake out here because she's just fundamentally like, you get a present, you get a present, you get a present. None of you are fired. Go home for Christmas. I love you to pieces. Let's go to the orphanage. I love all of you. Let's go. I'm a special guest star. Let's go. Oh my God. Cake for everyone. Uh, here's your date Have in Victorian England. Have a date. It's for you. We're going to drive to your parents because I know that's what's important to you. And like in all the Barbie movies, friendship is fucking magic. And like friendship is key. And like Barbie is in love with Catherine, and I won't take no for an answer in that. I but... knew you were going to shoehorn that in there. <laughs> we got so, so close to the end before Emily was like, and also Barbie's a lesbian. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she it. probably is. I can imagine, you know, Victorian times, there'd be two spinsters living in the same house. Freddie oh, hasn't got a chance. He's too boring. Yeah, he's too boring. Um, but, he has like nine lines. Yeah. So you make, um, yeah, because I think, one of the points you were making there was that this feels like a change that's going to impact the rest of their lives. Yes. Yeah. Whereas in A Christmas Carol, Bob Cratchit has a nice meal with his family and Scrooge and Tiny Tim doesn't die. Yeah. Which like but, is but ha- weird. But how's <laughs> this... Yeah. How is this going to affect Scrooge going forward? Because he's an old yeah. fella. Right. Yeah. You know, actually, does he does he die the next day? Because could do. He's fixed it. I, I can't remember. It's been a long time. So anybody that's listening saying, "You idiot, Stephen." Yes. That's how the Christmas Carol ends. <laughs> but in this case, I sense that this isn't just a change for Christmas Day. Yeah. This is a 
genuine change in behaviour for every day. And I think that's kind of, that's almost a more powerful message, especially to the target audience, yeah? Absolutely. A change you make today is forever. I'm 30 and I felt like, I'm going to make good choices from here on out. Like, it's really good. (laughs) It's really good. I mean, it's very bold because, like, basically, Freddie turns up and he's like, we're going on a date, but, like, first, I'm going to drive you to a parent's house. So their, like, first date is him meeting the parents. This is very bold. But, like, I'll allow it. It's fine. Because they're not they're not going to last and Catherine and Eden are going to get together. So that's fine. Um. So, yeah, I really liked it. And then we come back to the framing device and Shelley's like, whatever, I like Christmas now, I guess. I'll go to the gala. And some random friend turns up and is like, where are you? And Barbie's like, well, it's taken me an hour and 10 minutes, but I've basically just told the story to Shelley and now she's going to come. And it's like, okay. Also, Shelley, just going to tell you this now. You're like nine years old. Yeah. You're not that. fucking standing. You're, you're coming whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, you're like sad. <clears throat> you have no choice in this matter. Yeah. I, I, I've got to be honest. As a dad, I wouldn't have told the fucking hour long story. Yeah. I they can like, come. Get in the car. And you know what? Once they got there, they fucking loved it because it's yeah. a fucking ball with food and yeah. dancing and music and it's loads of. Shelley, get in the car. That, <laughs> but however, however, it's very nice of Barbie to tell this to her. Yeah suspiciously young sister yes and um it's it's very christmasy like it's quite a christmasy little flick Mm. um and and you have softened me on it yeah i I, I was i saw you two and a half stars on letterboxd yeah well that i don't don't always want to check my letterboxd out if it's a film i'm going to talk about yeah Elwood falls into this on the Asian Cinema Film Club where he thinks I hate a film because I put a low rating on, but it's just to fake you guys out. Because uh. <laughs> you know, no, no, I, I thought it was average. Two, two and a half ain't bad. That's average, right? Yeah, and not. and I've, I'm just looking at our list, although we haven't updated the last two films we watched. Well, I don't know where they were, but I do oh, know. Oh, we have. Barbie and Adamant Castle is there. It's at number 13. Is it? I'm looking yeah. at our Google Doc and it's not updated. Oh. I've not updated the Google Doc. I'm on Letterboxd, which is updated. That's, that's right. You're fine. Anyway, so where was Mariposa? So Mariposa They're was... the two I'm not seeing, but I'll go to, I'll go to one. Number three. So we did like Mariposa. Good. Okay. Mariposa that's... is at number three. So again? Um, Barbie and the Diamond Castle is at number 13. Yeah, we hated Diamond Castle. We fucking hated that's what I was going to say. Just to go way back to like the middle of the movie, a dog appears to make the point that um, animals can see uh, other spirit animals or whatever. So the cat gets into like vague mischief with some like vague dogs in the past, the present, and the future dream world. But the dogs are based on the same design as, as the those dogs from Barbie and the Diamond Castle. Oh. And it made me remember Barbie and the Diamond Castle. And it made me violently angry. <laughs> and, and probably swayed me towards liking this movie more because it wasn't Barbie and the Diamond Castle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I thought we'd like Mariposa. That was a... Yes, okay. It's yeah. been a, just so, because you've been pumping out the episodes... Very, very quickly recently. Doesn't yeah. mean we didn't record them a long time ago. We did record them a very long... We like we had like almost a year's break. I'm not going to lie, everyone. Um, that was on me. 
and um, my career. But uh, just to catch everyone up on the list so far, you can go to letterbox.com forward slash magical underscore willow and look in my lists to find the inner Barbie world leadership board. Coming in at number 14 is Barbie Fairytopia Magic of the Rainbow, which was a pile of shit, followed very closely by Barbie and the Diamond Castle, which we fucking hated. Then it was Barbie and the Rockers Out of This World, which was the very first installment, so no judgment there. Barbie and the Nutcracker following that, which was the second. Barbie as the Island Princess, I think we just felt was a massive disappointment. Barbie as Rapunzel, again, one of those major three colours trilogy at the beginning of the franchise. Then the Barbie Diaries, which was one of the first ones that we were quite split upon, followed by Barbie and the Twelve Dancing Princesses, which, you know, is fairly average. Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus again could have done with a script rewrite but fundamentally pretty good Barbie Fairytopia very solid Barbie of Swan Lake coming in at number four doing a very good job staying so high in the rankings then at number three is Barbie Mariposa which was outstanding followed by number two Barbie Fairytopia Mermaidia which is one of the best movies in existence but of course, still in at number one, I don't know what's going to shake it, if anything, is the iconic Barbie as the princess and the pauper. So here Do you know, are. it's almost yeah. as if mm-hmm. you work in radio. <laughs> that countdown then, I, I, I wanted... Coming in at number nine, it's the Barbie Diaries, a film that only Stephen liked. <laughs> I didn't know I had. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. We need, you need, if you can, put that music in underneath. It's <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> but actually, that was as much for me as it was for our <laughs> audience to remember where we put everything. Because I'm, I'm struggling with this one because I came into I know, it. Right? I didn't. I didn't think you know. The bottom few movies. There's utter agreement on. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no problem with them being shit. Oh yeah. And and this was never down that far. I just struggled with it because it's not really very Christmas carol It's a bit soft. Mm. But you've actually reframed my understanding of the movie to your world. And to <gasps> me, it's not a top fiver. No. I, I'm not. A, you know, Christmas carol. We've skipped over the singing and stuff like that, which. not great on but i am thinking it's maybe one above the barbie diaries wow i was i was thinking the same i was either gonna put it above the 12 dancing princesses or Mm -hmm. just under the dancing princesses which puts it in above the barbie diaries so i'm happy to compromise and put it in at it would be number eight yeah, I think that's okay. Um, I think that's I mean, solid. I think that's I, fair. The dancing princesses had that great villain in Catherine O'Hara. Mm. Had brilliant multiple Barbies. Great dancing sequences. Really nice music. Great plot. Like solid movie. Solid, solid adaptation of a fairy tale. Barbie and a Christmas Carol. Again, very solid movie. Really, really enjoyed it. Upon reflection, I think mm. like like just you know not gripping. It's no Mermaidia. But and it's... it did, but it doesn't make me angry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, anyone listen to our last episode? You were <laughs> fucking angry about about Diamond Castle, <laughs> and I was kind of angry, but I wasn't even in the same league. Um, the one that made me angry was, of course, um, the third, um, Mermaidia movie. 
A fairytopia movie, Magic of the Rainbow, which I thought was just like the worst thing we've watched. But I don't know that. No, I don't know that anything will go below that. I think that's yeah. solid. I think we've. I think we've got solid bookends, and I. I can't yeah. say for sure because we've got like forty more movies. But yeah, and and they've announced another one in the last couple yeah. of weeks. <laughs> it's. I don't think we'll ever finish, Emily. But we'll never. Well, this is never ending. But uh... but there is this. There is this middle section. This chunky bit mm. of the sandwich, right? That. We are going to struggle to fit things into, and maybe at some point yeah. we might just want to re re address it. But it feels like it fits in there, and I do. You know, I'm also sort of. I appreciate that my love of the Barbie Diaries has yes. given it an elevated position. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm willing to give you your love of this film yeah. as an elevation. So I'm. Thank I'm, I'm, you. I'm, I'm. I'm. How how magnanimous of me. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean. I think yeah. I think it's it's very interesting that we quite often have similar tastes. But I think it's absolutely critical to the podcast that sometimes we utterly vary on it. And Completely. I'm not I'm not as varied on this as you are between you and me and the Barbie Diaries. Mm. And yeah, no, I'm I'm waffling. Let's stick it. Let's stick it. Um, in at number eight, Barbie and a Christmas eight. Carol. And I I think it will therefore you know we know what's coming right. Yeah. We've got we've got about another. Six movies which will probably fit this in this is, kind of this world. Is the thing. Like I I've I feel like we've peaked. I think we're gonna be in this middle seven through to eleven ground mm. for a while now. I saw uh briefly overheard the trailer for our next movie, which I think is Thumbelina. Yes, which is not the movie I thought it was. No, already <laughs> I'm like I'm sorry, Hans Christian Andersen's Thumbelina. And they're like, no, no. no Forget no. everything you ever knew about Hans Christian Andersen's Thumbelina. And I'm like, I don't know that I'm willing to do that yet. So that will be an interesting watch and listen. Um, this is a teaser for that. And I haven't even watched the movie yet, but I know. No, I'd, I'd caught the trailer. <laughs> I must have been, it must have been on the, um, it, it was, was on the, the Barbie and a Christmas Carol. That was the trailer for it. So. Uh, remember, I had to buy it from Google oh, yeah, Play, but but it was also on the Diamond Castle, which ironically right. is one of my few DVDs that fucking plays. Is the worst one of the lot. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, words cannot describe. I mean, we did an hour and a half long podcast about it, so perhaps words can describe. But I fucking can't stand Barbie. The there was an advert for it on this movie. Even though it came before it, there was an advert for Barbie in the Diamond Castle as I was trying to watch Barbie in a Christmas Carol. And I was fueled again with all of the rage that I previously felt, where I was like, fuck this movie. It's a fucking hot mess. I hate it so much. With no redeeming fact, I've features. I've got two and a half stars on it on Letterboxd at the moment. Let me amend that going forward immediately. It deserves a <laughs> half a star. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah, so uh, join us next time for, is it, what, like, is, is, is she, like, is it Barbie as Thumbelina? Is it Barbie in Thumbelina? Oh, it's Barbie colon Thumbelina. And let's just hope it's the grammatical colon and not the biological one. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs>